Good morning. It's wonderful to see all of you here this morning. I wonder, how many of you have ever heard of the wordless book? Could you raise your hand if you ever heard of the wordless book? Oh, good. Then I guess I can go sit down and you all can come up here and teach this morning. Well, no, I'm teasing. What I'd like to do this morning is review for you a little bit about the history of the wordless book and then to talk a little bit about it. And the goal of this morning is that all of us will be able to understand the gospel very simply presented through these five colors that are called the wordless book. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. The wordless book is a tool that has been used, oh, for more, way more than 100 years to share the gospel with people, to share the gospel with people. But I'm going to tell you a little secret. It's not wordless. It needs to be explained because it's absolutely empty and useless just as a book with colors. Why, what does the green and what does the gold and what does the white and what does the red and what does the black all mean? I've got that backwards, don't I? What do they all mean? Well, if it's just wordless, it doesn't work. So if you were to go and to hand this, we call this a tool for evangelism, and if you were to go just hand this to someone, it wouldn't do any good. You'd have to explain it. So this is a little tool that's been designed to be able to explain the gospel. And tomorrow is Memorial Day, and we're going to have the outreach out here on the lawn, and we're going to do a presentation on the gospel colors as there are in the wordless book. But there's some who are going to be up on the stage giving that presentation, but what I really would love to see is for all of us, even those who aren't even going to be here tomorrow, but in all of our individual lives to know how to use this little tool to share the gospel. This little tool of the wordless book to share the gospel. To give you a little background on it, the first record we have of people using this, well, we don't know. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon, you ever heard of him? He was a great preacher who lived in the 1800s. We're going to go old-fashioned here this morning because our bulb and our screen finally went out. Poor Mr. Abenauer had to do those songs with no visuals this morning. But there's a bulb coming in tomorrow to be installed. Charles Spurgeon, he was a preacher in the 1800s, and he preached a sermon one Thursday night called The Wordless Book. And in the introduction to that sermon, he shared that he once knew a preacher who had a book with only three leaves and no words. Black, red, and white were the colors of those three leaves. And he said that this was a book that this preacher kept always to study. It was a book he always would study. You know, in the beginning, the wordless book was not an evangelistic tool. It was used by a preacher to remind himself of his own sinfulness, of the all-sufficient blood of Jesus, and of how Jesus had washed him white as snow. It wasn't used as an evangelistic tool in the beginning. It was used for a preacher to remind himself of his own sin and how wonderful the blood of Jesus was to save him from his sin and to wash him white as snow. And in fact, the sermon that Spurgeon preached, you can read it. I found it online. It's titled, The Wordless Book. But you know what's intriguing about this sermon? 
It again is not an evangelistic, well, evangelistic as in an evangelization of the lost sermon. It's an evangelistic sermon for the Christian. It's for the Christian to remind the Christian of his sin, to remind him of the wonderful blood of Jesus, and especially to remind him of the confidence that he can have to stand in the whiteness, the righteousness of Jesus. That was the whole theme of this original sermon that was titled, The Wordless Book That Charles Spurgeon Had Preached. Well, a little time later, you ever heard of another famous preacher? I wonder if you can recognize this guy. How many of you know who this is? Anybody know who this is? His name is D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody, he was an evangelist from Chicago. So Spurgeon was over there in London, and D.L. Moody was from Chicago. Well, D.L. Moody, just a few years later, after hearing about Charles Spurgeon's sermon, found himself in London, and he started to use the wordless book, and he changed up the message to be an evangelistic gospel tool to reach the lost people to reach people who didn't know Jesus, were not Christians. And the first time that D.L. Moody used these colors, he added the color gold, and he used it to talk about heaven, sin, Jesus' blood, and being washed white as snow. And the first time he preached the wordless book, he preached it to 12,000 people most of which were children, many of them orphans. And that was D.L. Moody. But he wasn't the only one to use it. He began to make it famous where people began to use the wordless book all over the world. And there's another famous lady. I wonder if you know who this is. This is a blind lady. Her name is Fanny Crosby. Fanny Crosby couldn't see anything. But yet she was known to regularly, whenever children would come to her and sit in her lap or come and tug on her, she would always carry a little wordless book in her purse. And she would pull it out, though she could see nothing, she would pull it out and she would hold it up for the children and say, what color is this? And if it was the wrong color or the first, last color, she'd switch it around because she couldn't see exactly. So she'd say, what color is this? And the children would say, well, that's black. And she would explain what the color black meant, even though she couldn't see. She would explain it to children. And they'd turn the page. She'd say, what color is this? And they'd say red. And she'd explain what the red meant and then go right through it. And a, a blind lady, this is one of her go-to ways she always carried a wordless book in her purse that when people would come up to her, she would be able to share the gospel with them. That was Fanny Crosby. But there's another famous lady who was a missionary. And here is a famous picture of her. I wonder if you know who this is. This is Amy Carmichael. Amy Carmichael was a missionary to India. And for seven years, she had a special ministry. You know what her ministry was? Her ministry was to women and girls who, when they became a Christian, were banished from their homes. In southern India, there was a case, or what do they call it, case system, or case system, um, 
caste system, yes, thank you, caste system, and it was a whole strict system of, of social status and order. And once people became Christians, particularly women and girls, when they became a Christian, there was no caste for them. And they were pretty much cast out of society and totally ignored. And Amy Carmichael had a ministry for seven years where she would gather these women and girls with her, and some of them in different rotations in different places, and they had a cart and a wagon. And they'd go from town and village to village, and their goal was to share the gospel. Well, as they went along their ways, they had a flag that was hoisted up over their ox-drawn cart. You know what that flag was? It wasn't a wordless book, but it had satin cloth sewn together in the four colors of the wordless book. Black, red, white, and gold. And when people would come in, they would say to her, well, who are you and where are you from? And what's that flag mean? And she would talk about the flag as being an ideal text to be able to share the gospel with people. She tells stories of those seven years. Many times they'd come into villages. And again, because they had been, become Christians, they were just cast out of society. And so it was a really hard time, but yet was very effective. And she took the wordless book and turned it into the wordless flag to be able to proclaim the good news of Jesus to every village they went to. Well, then in the 1920s, there was an organization founded called Child Evangelism Fellowship. And the wife of that founder was in a bookshop run by Harry Ironsides, who at that time was the pastor of the Moody Memorial Church in Chicago. And there he was selling these little wordless books. And uh, she caught one of those, and she got so excited about it, and she bought a whole bunch of them, and she ended up taking and adding to it a green cover. And to this day, Child Evangelism Fellowship now publishes these little books, which anybody can make. I, I made one when I was a little boy. Nobody ever bought me one. You can buy them all pre-made. This is how I bought this one. Um, and they distribute almost 100,000 of these every year to be able to share the gospel with people. And the green stands for growth. Well, actually, I haven't really done a good job of explaining all of the colors. And the reason is, is because I have some helpers who are going to help me explain these colors. And we're going to do for you a presentation that we're planning to do tomorrow at Memorial Day. Now, here's the goal for all of you, is tomorrow at Memorial Day, we're all going to be working to minister. And all of us have so many different jobs. Um, that's where the body of Christ fits together and different tasks and jobs. And so there's some who are going to be up on the stage. Now, I know some of you don't like being up on stage. That's okay. That's okay. But you know, as you're standing in line, keeping those kids all in order, taking their turns on the inflatables, you could keep one of these in your pocket. While you're standing there in line, you could review it and share it with the children. Or even as they're coming through the line, you could ta be talking about these colors and what they mean. And why, by the time we actually get up on stage to explain the colors, they might know all the answers already and know it all already, and that would be wonderful. So the goal is not just for you to see the presentation that will be tomorrow, but for you to learn it and to be able to learn how to yourself share the message of the wordless book, 
Or can I just say the gospel colors because they don't have to be in a book? So let's go on up here and we'll line up here as we review these. Can you all see? Oh, we should lay this down so everybody can see clear. Gold. The color gold stands for God, God in heaven. The Bible tells us that in heaven, the streets are paved with gold. Who is God? He's the creator of all things. He created the heavens, the stars, the sun, the moon. He created the earth. He created the trees. He created the oceans. He created everything, including you and me. God is perfect. He has no evil. He has no wrong. He is 100% goodness. He's golden. He's perfect. He loves people, and he wants to spend time with people. But as people, we have a problem. Black stands for the darkness of our sin. Our sin is what separates us from God. The first two people who God created, Adam and Eve, sinned against God in the Garden of Eden. Their sin was passed to all of us. The Bible says, There is none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. How can we be saved from our sin? Black stands for the darkness of my sin. Because God is perfect and we are sinful, we cannot go to heaven. But God loves us and wants us to be with him, so he made a way. Our next color is red, and it stands for Jesus' blood. God sent his only son, Jesus, into the world as a baby. Jesus grew up and he never sinned. But then when he was a man, he was killed because of our sin. The Bible says that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried, and that he rose again, according to the scriptures. After Jesus had been dead for three days, God rose him from the dead, and many people saw Jesus. Then Jesus went back to heaven where he is now. Because Jesus died and shed his blood for our sins, and rose again, we can be made right with God. And our next color is white. So as Raya mentioned, the blood of Jesus can take away our sin. Christ came to take away our sin. And he takes away the blackness of my heart and makes me clean. In 1 John, in, <laughs> in the Bible, we're told that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means he washes my heart squeaky clean. And I was like a guilty sinner in front of a judge, a righteous judge. I was 
condemned, but because Jesus took the punishment of my sin, he can forgive my sin and receive me as his child. And that is also called redemption, where he buys me back. I was like a slave to sin. But he, we have redemption through Jesus' blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of God's grace. That means his kindness to us. This is what he wanted to do for me. And the story, this is called the gospel. And it's said this way, to open their eyes. This was why God gives us this good message. All the way from gold to the end of the story here. It is to open our eyes and turn us from darkness to light. From the power of Satan unto God. That we may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among God's people. Our last color is green. Many times when we think of green, we think of grass, we think of trees. However, grass and trees cannot grow without nutrients and water. As a Christian, one who has believed in this process God has set up and received Jesus as his personal savior, we need to grow. To grow, we need to read the Bible and pray. Just like to grow, the tree needs to gather nutrients and water. As we grow in our Christian life, we read the Bible and we pray. To, when we read the Bible, we learn from it. We learn from, we learn from our mistakes and learn how to get better. As we pray, we give praise to God, we give thanks to God. We confess our sins, we say we're sorry for our sins, and we ask him for things. Green, green is a color that reminds us of needing to grow. So when we see this color in the wordless book, it reminds us that we need to grow in our Christian life. It's so important for us to know that each and every one of us are sinners, and the only way for our sins to be washed away is for us to believe in Jesus, who shed his blood on the cross for our sins, who died, was buried, and rose again so that we could be made righteous, be cleaned white as snow, whiter than snow. And when we are cleaned white as snow, we then grow in Jesus we grow in him as we follow him. And you know what? When we have our sins forgiven, we can then be with God in heaven for eternity. Forever and ever, without end and never stopping, we can be with God in heaven where the streets are paved with gold. So have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who died for you? Is he your savior? Has he forgiven your sins and made you whiter than snow? If you haven't today, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You have a choice to believe in God and 
trust in him and be saved and live with him forever in heaven. For if you don't and you remain in your sins, when you die, you will go to a place called hell, the lake of fire. For the wages of sin is death, everlasting death. But all who believe in Jesus are saved. And when we die, we will go to be with God in heaven, where the streets are paved with gold. So today, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And if you have any questions, at least tomorrow, there'll be a gospel tent. There'll be a gospel tent where you can go and there's people there who would love to share with you more from the Bible and seek to answer your questions so that you can know that you have everlasting life. Today, there's no tent, but certainly if you have questions, mom and dad, myself, and many others around here would love to show you from the Bible how you can have everlasting life so that you can go be with God, God in heaven. Thank you all. Thank you all so much for your help here. If you want to slide these colors right down here, that'd be wonderful. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 51, please. Black stands for the darkness of our sin. What does black stand for? Say it. The darkness of my sin. Black stands for the darkness of my sin. Red stands for the precious blood of Jesus. What does red stand for? Yes. White stands for being made whiter than snow. So what does white stand for? Yes, and green. Green stands for the Christian growing in Jesus. So what does green stand for? Yes, and what does gold stand for? I'm going to ask the question before I give the answer in this one. What's gold stand for? God in his perfection. That's right. You know why I make it and kind of pause there to ask this question? Is because sometimes when we think of the color gold, I'll tell you this, when I was a child, I often thought of this as the representation of heaven in the streets paved with gold. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. But I think it is more important for us to recognize that it stands for God in his golden perfection. Yes, manifested in heaven with streets of gold, but it's so important to realize that Christianity and the gospel is not really about heaven versus hell. Well, that's a big part of it. It is first and foremost a question of our relationship with God who is golden in his perfection in his perfection. 
He has no sin, and yet he loves each and every one of us, and he wants us to be able to be with him. And so gold, yes, it stands for the streets of gold in heaven, but more so it stands for God in his golden perfection. So what's gold stand for? So let's review them again. Black. Red. White. Yes, washed whiter than snow. Green. And gold. Yes. Let me give you a hint as you share this, again, about gold. Gold is one of, well, may I say, it's the most important color up here. Um, sometimes when you see a wordless book put together, sometimes the wordless book starts with gold and sometimes it ends with gold. I got a hint for you. It starts and ends with gold. It starts and ends with gold. And so whatever, however, you have your wordless book that's shaped and formed or whatever it's got in it, Begin and end with gold, because it begins and ends with God in his golden perfection. God in his golden perfection. I hope all of us here this morning have believed in Jesus and had our sins forgiven. And I pray that we have our hearts prepared to go forth day by day and always to share the gospel the good news of Jesus with everyone we meet. I'd like for us, though, as we wrap up this morning, to go back and to consider actually that sermon Charles Spurgeon preached back when the wordless book first kind of became famous. I talked about that earlier. Who did I say that Charles Spurgeon preached that sermon to? He preached it to Christians, not the lost people. He preached it to Christians. And his key verse was here in Psalm 51, Psalm 51, and verse 2 and 7. David is writing, and he's writing a song, and he prays in this song, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Verse 7, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Charles Spurgeon observed that this was written by David. And it was written by David after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba, another man's wife, and then arranged for that man to be killed. Such a horrific sin committed by a man who knew God, knew God's commandments, knew that this was wrong, but yet he committed crimes worthy of death. 
This is the reason why that preacher who Charles Spurgeon knew studied this wordless book of only three colors to continue reminding himself of the deceitfulness of sin and how we in this life as we are growing still have a problem with sin and it still threatens to cause a lot of trouble in our lives and how much we need to be remembering what Jesus did for us. Jesus died on the cross so our sins could be forgiven, so they could be washed away. You know, this does two things for us, keeping this red before our eyes. One, it should cause us to give thanksgiving every day, thanksgiving to Jesus for dying for our sins. And if we are living in that thanksgiving, do you know what it will do in our lives? I think it will keep us from sin. When we keep the cross of Jesus before us to realize how much it cost to wash those sins away, it would cause us to cling to Jesus and not even commit those sins, both the small and the big. Walking, growing in Jesus is always remembering that Jesus died for us. But it's also not to crush us under a great weight of guilt. Do you see here, the prayer of David was, purge me, clean me, cleanse me, wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow whiter than snow. Fresh fallen snow is pretty bright and white, isn't it? Well, when Jesus' blood cleans, he does a complete job. Whiter than snow. And you know what's different about the righteousness of Jesus than snow? What ways is, 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 the, is this whiter than snow? Well, snow doesn't stay white for very long. Actually, I think one of the ugliest things in the world is dirty snow. It is one of the ugliest things, dirty snow. But you know, when Jesus washes us clean, we are whiter than snow. Now, our own righteousnesses, our own goodness is like filthy rags. It's uglier uglier than dirty snow. That's what Jesus died on the cross for. And he puts on us his righteousness. Do you know what this should cause us to do? This should cause us every day to move forward praising Jesus, worshiping Jesus. And if we are praising Jesus every moment of every day, and worshiping him, that means lifting him up, exalting him, considering him the greatest, you know we won't sin. Do you know why we sin? We sin because we lift ourselves over God. And so when we consider that he washes us clean and he's clothed us with his robes, this is what we need to live in. This 
reality. And so you see, the wordless book is for all of us, both the yet-to-be Christian, the lost who's not a Christian, and those of us who are Christians, to rejoice, rejoice in every color except which one do you think? Yeah, this one. Let's rejoice in every color but this one. But let's not forget this one. Let's not forget this one, and let us not forget that the darkness of sin is a very dark place. And whenever we're tempted to go to that place, to remember the glory of Jesus, the glory of God, God in his sinless, golden perfection. So that is the wordless book, both for as a gospel tool for the, the lost, but also as a gospel reminder to the Christian. And so we have a few minutes left here in Bible Hour, and I have an idea for you. I have a few wordless books up here, and, um, and I'm going to take and I'm going to set up these boards up here on the stage. And I think it would be wonderful for you to get into little groups and for you to practice reviewing the wordless book with each other, to practice it with each other. These are all friendly people here, right? And to just go through the wordless book and just take a few minutes and share the good news of Jesus with each other. And if you feel intimidated in doing that, or you feel like, oh, well, I wasn't paying attention, or oh, there was so much I didn't get it all, I have a little gospel track here. And, um, and if you're not quite ready to share it, then you just quietly sit and read through this again, and it will help to review these colors for you so that you can then do it. But uh, let me tell you, you may not be able to feel like you can get up on a stage and go through it like these brave souls did. But you know what? God doesn't call everyone to do that, but God does call every one of us to be witnesses, that maybe with one by one, one by one, to share the good news. And so, could I have some helpers here? Micaiah, could you come help me? Nathan, could you come help me? Could you take these and start off by giving one per family of the wordless books, and then hang on, and then make sure that one per family has one of these gospel tracks, okay? And I hope we will make it to the back. And I encourage you to just take a few minutes to, to talk together, to look and share it with somebody. Um, and start, you could start with a friendly person. I, I see some nervous ones up here in my family that are, that are wiggling. But you know, um, you can certainly share it with the friendly neighbor next to you, right? So let's take some time to just go through and review the, these colors, these gospel colors. And um, if you don't happen to have a wordless book there, or we run out of those, I'm going to set these colors up here, and you can just point them and, as you go through them. All right? Could we pause just a moment, Micaiah and Nathan, and let me pray for this time? Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your gospel, for your good news May we be faithful witnesses of it. Help us to use this tool. But most of all, Lord, let us not be distracted by the tool. Let us rejoice in the words of the gospel that you have given to us in the Bible. Help us to be faithful witnesses 
of yours, that you might be glorified in all things, we pray. Amen.